My name is Monica Gleberman, and you're listening to Silence On Set Podcast. On today's podcast, we're talking to the cast of The After Party. It's a genre-bending comedy that explores the different characters' accounts of one faithful evening, all told through the lens of a popular film genre and unique visuals to match each storyteller's perspective. In season two, a wedding is ruined when the groom is murdered and every guest is a suspect. Detective Danner returns to solve the whodunit by questioning family members, star-crossed lovers, and business partners, and hearing each suspect's retelling of the weekend each with their own unique perspective and visual style so to talk about what fans can expect for this upcoming season first up is poppy lou and vivian Wu. so let's talk about your characters first of all i love them so much and i just love how the story is kind of unfolding and how it's told so poppy for you let's start with you your episode is so sweet it's so cute and like so romantic so how much fun was that and i read that you like that kind of genre so did you have a yes. little input into why your episode was like that. I love Jane Austen. It was actually already, that was already written as my character's episode, which I feel so lucky. Like that's literally what I would have requested if I had any kind of say in it. But it is like, it's just the best. Like the outfits, the little petticoats, the lace up boots, the gloves, you have ribbons everywhere, the hair. I don't know how people had so much time back then to like Mm. look like that. I feel like it takes every ounce of my energy to like put on sweatpants in a given day but like here you are like always lounging with like you know tea and a book and whatever but it just yeah it was so much fun I feel like I love falling in love I love the world of Jane Austen in which like yeah it's just about love and crushes and it's life or death and so dramatic even though it's just about you know just Mr. Darcy of it all I don't know <laughs> I love That's it so not poppy at all <laughs> <laughs> Vivian, for you, first of all, that your character's name is Vivian, which yeah. you know is amazing. I think on the surface, you know, we don't know very much about her, mm-hmm. and we start to learn more as the show goes on. But what can you say about her that doesn't give anything away? And your episode, and kind of what we follow as she kind of goes through this murder that happens. Well, you know, Vivian playing Vivian—that's incredible <laughs> already to begin with. And then I think she's a good woman. She's she has all the tradition that traditional value inside so she's a good mother a good wife and just a good person who has like you know who holds the value very high and then she well later on as story unfolds you will find Vivian actually does have her own inner world and does have her own secret very deep secret and also a wild side I wanted to ask you guys uh, both of you as well first of all who would win if you guys were like in an escape room or playing Clue and I gotta ask because this the show's just so good and you're so talking about the 12 of us right not just two of us who would win yeah who, who do you think of would the win cast. I mean, you got, it could of be the, the two cast. of you oh, two of us win. oh we would be it would not losers. be me it would not be me okay so who would be the best one to win and then what are you guys most excited about for fans to see because every episode is so different yeah um, uh-huh. such a different take and so much fun I think in an escape room I think John Cho would be really good yeah I, I think he's incredibly thorough and observant 
and grounded, which I think you need in a high intensity situation. I think in an escape room, I would really be so chaotic. I would just like, I very disorganized mind. I would get like, I think I would get emotional at some point. I think I would like, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm chaotic. I like pulling the door. It's like, oh no, no, no. Yeah, like, like, oh, like, oh, no, I can't, no, I can't even make out the first room. Yeah. No, no way. They're like, you paid to be here. And I'm like, let me out. <laughs> I have a life to live. So I would be really chaotic. So I would I would choose John. I think um Sam probably would be the brain okay. also. Like yeah. um he's really, you know, he's kind of quiet, but he's his brain is always like working. Sam and would keep morale really high. Yeah, he's smart mm-hmm. and uh, I mean all of us are smart in our own world, but I think uh he's he probably is very good at it. He's so good at he's good with gadgets, right? He's good with hints mm. and he's 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 just good. And John, of course, I think I agree with you. I think the two yeah. of them, they probably will lead us out. I would pick them for my <laughs> yes, yes, my team. Yeah, definitely. I would be the weakest link for sure. Yeah, me no. I give up. I go in there. I feel I really am not. I think I would, ha- I would have a lot of fun. I get confused, but I think I would probably mess up clues oh, because definitely. I wouldn't be very like I'm a little clumsy too so I think I would probably nudge things away I feel like we wouldn't be able to solve it because I would mess something up in the room although I think I would be a very good assistant to John and Sam yeah yeah, I'm observant so I could notice things I think I'm excited for for fans to see like this particular cast together the cast has a bunch of incredibly strong comedians and actors we have like very interesting unique chemistry with each other it is like the show itself feels kind of like a theme park ride I watched the first season and like probably like one sitting because I just was like just like following the trail like just wanting to like get to the next thing and so I think it's yeah I'm excited for them to see just this world and think to see all the genres they, they did some really fun genres for this season yeah. and then in addition to that I feel like you know the audience will participate into figuring out who the killer is and why and they will kind of like they'll figure it out with us together and it's a murder mystery right and it's funny it's hilarious it's a comedy it's an impossible mixture of a very entertaining show here's anna conkle and elizabeth perkins i wanted to start off with elizabeth because for your character, I was reading online that you had said that she's two different people, that she comes off one way, mm-hmm. but that she's dealing with a lot of tragedy and loss. Mm-hmm. So what was it like trying to showcase that this season? Because she is very like Alfred Hitchcockian mm-hmm. when she shows up, mm-hmm. but she does have a very sensitive side to her. And I think that's how she is experiencing pain. You know, I think she's already lost her husband, followed by the death of her son. I think it explains a lot of the reasons that that she keeps her at arm's length. But in reality, she's probably just petrified that her daughter is the last person that she has. And I think that's why the my personal episode being in the vein of Alfred Hitchcock really identifies who Isabel is in that she's sort of this, you know, Southern belle who is now lost in this giant house and may or may not be being drugged. She feels gaslit. She feels isolated. She feels alienated. And the only way she knows how to express that pain is to keep everyone at arm's length. And so that just 
tends to come out that she's a bitch and that she's evil. But in reality, I think, you know, if you just poked her like that, she'd probably fall over and break mm-hmm. into a million pieces. So I, I, yeah. I love that my episode sort of explains, you know, why she's the person she is. It's a great episode. And I Thanks. think you balanced it so well. Anna, for you, for Hannah, I read online, so I don't know if it's true, but I think it was in the press material too. You said that she's an odd duck and, and yeah. that she's, you know, just kind of finding her way. So how did you work in playing her and for her episode and her point of view when we kind of get to tell her story? Yeah, I think on, you know, on the page and as you get to know her in the series, the first impression is that she's having a different conversation in her head than anybody else in the room is having, (laughs) which I love playing also. That's also my favorite. And I love for my dark sense of humor. I love like the yearning for her mother's love and not getting it and just trying like awkward new angles of how to receive it that don't work. I could do that for days thing about her episode is you see the heart and I think you see her the important part of the episode is that there is a love that she finally receives and she almost has a translator in that love and she she's sort of unlocked there's a part of her humanity that's that's unlocked and and I think you anyone can relate more to her after that um whereas before they might be like is anyone home in there what's going on I wanted to ask you both to obviously play mother and daughter and I know you know throughout the show it's very interesting to see your relationship and how it changes I wanted to ask both of you how you work together to make that relationship so beautiful and crazy as as the show goes on and then also what are you kind of most excited about is it like people trying to figure out what happened or you know just the the mystery of all of it or just excited for fans to see it well I think working with you was really easy same like we just dropped right into it. my real daughter's name is Hannah so that was a little added added plus but I was such a huge fan of hers coming into it that I was actually asking them to write us more same <laughs> because I loved exploring exploring this this sort of distant relationship and how in in my opinion they both just misstep all the time you know yeah. i think they both ha- sort of have these good intentions but just can't find a way to connect at all and what i think too is there's an overlap if i could um be allowed to be referential to you but is that it's character first like it's not it's not comedy first it's Mm -hmm. it's how you know much can we feel this reality of our relationship and so i could nerd out forever in a way with elizabeth from an acting you know standpoint in a way that you don't always you know get a partner no it's just easy yeah sure yeah and i think in terms of you know what people can get out of this show is it's almost like a soap opera in that you're invested in these characters and you don't know you know what episodes next and who it's going to be focusing Mm. on and what genre are we going to see next and so it's got like all these twists and turns in that it's not just oh a whodunit right it's not just oh it's a comedy oh it's a drama but it's got different genre it's got so much going on that there's a different reason to tune in every week yeah and the mystery of it I think makes it kind of addictive Mm -hmm. but then the relationships are like the real heart of it right and there's all these little hints that if you know you were sort of keeping an excel sheet you'd you'd be able to go oh that oh, that uh, but you really have to look for them which means you got to look at it's true though because i've looked yeah. at like, uh, most of the episodes a couple of times just in search of like oh well, that's there and that's there and mm. that's there so um, you have a whole notebook not you'd, quite you'd... <laughs> it's kind of up in here okay. but just you gotta pay right attention because the clues are there 
They're there. Up next is Tiffany Haddish and Zach Woods. So I'm going to start really quickly with you, Zach, because your episode, it's told from perspectives of other people, right. other cast members. So when you got that script, because I know all 10 came at once, did you start viewing Edgar a little differently when you were reading how other people were perceiving him or not at it's all? It's one of my favorite things about the show that that it's uh, that you get to sort of hop into the perspective of all these different characters and see things through their subjective lenses. I remember hearing someone say once that like when somebody dies, you don't just grieve the loss of the person, you grieve the loss of the version of the person that existed in their perception of you. That like there is a version of each person that is specific to the way that they're seen by a, a specific another person, a specific other person. And I think that's interesting. And yeah. jumping from mind movie to mind movie is like, it's a, I think it's a fun conceit. I don't know if I answered your question, but it was no, an did. interesting you way did. to learn about the character. Like each version of Edgar was sort of the composite of them was the character to me i'm going to stop talking forever that was kind of dope what you said though it's very powerful what you said because it's it true like that's why we have certain friends like because the way they see you the way they connect with you it determines like the dynamic of the relationship yeah right their perception of you i mean are you on social media no Oh, you're smart. Really? Because social media, I think, is created to make you bipolar and mentally ill, especially Instagram. No shade to Instagram. I love my Instagram. But, <laughs> but I it is cannot, designed to, make, <laughs> to create mental illness. It's, 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 it's designed to create mental illness if you think about I know, it. I agree. Because it's, it's your perception, right? And as you're scrolling through, um, you know, within five minutes, you feel so many different emotions, right? And it's like, oh, I like this. And, you know, why do so many people like that? That's horrible. Like, and it's just all these different thoughts that come up in feelings that, you should really should last for like five minutes a feeling should an emotion should last more than like two seconds or three seconds or in a scroll oh, because you should like before that before that feeling has had a chance to peak and subside you're on to the next feeling. you're already in another feeling that makes sense. you're like one second you're watching a baby do a dance and that's hilarious then you're finding out that there's a disease that's gonna kill everybody then you see somebody get killed you're like oh my god death and then you see like a funny yeah. a dog do a funny dance it's like it's too much stuff <laughs> then you see somebody looking all sexy and stuff. it's like now i'm horny there was just death i was laughing like it's too many any freaking feeling it is too many things way too many things you limit it to 30 minutes crazy if you followed me you would just get love and appreciation so that's all i'm saying thank <laughs> so, you thank you but I'll, when, have to, I'll have to tag you yeah but what, i brought that up to say when you're on there and if you read the comments you see how yeah. people perceive you right and it's like majority of it's good then you have those one or two people that like says hateful mean nasty things and it's like they don't even know you though but this is just their where they where their mind is and how they see things which they probably are mean and nasty and hateful to a lot of people and a lot of stuff and they're not happy people especially to themselves yes especially to themselves i want to ask both of you really quickly tiffany i'm so glad you're back so if you could tell us a little bit for detective danner she's in a different place in her life and she's not a detective but she still is and then she comes and kind of gets involved. So if you could talk a little bit about her arc and what we're going to see with her. And then for both of you, what are you guys most excited about for fantasy about your characters or what you learned about them that you're really excited for people to go, ooh, like that's the moment that I, like, I feel good about it. My character, I'm just really excited. For me, I'm very excited about Detective Danner finally getting some action. No, I'm getting yes. some some <laughs> love and satisfaction. And think about Danner, like so she was the she was a detective and she resigned because she made mistakes and she punished herself for her mistakes. I feel like and but she's using 
her creativity. She wants to create something, but it's, there's a block there because what she is really designed to do, or her mind is designed for, is solving mysteries, solving things that, finding the answer. That's what she loves to do. So, and that's what she does best. So she always gets drawn back to that, even though she's trying to move forward into something else. But she's always getting drawn back to the solving the mystery. I also yeah, think like, amazing. watching them shoot the other scenes and reading the scripts, it is the most welcoming show about murder I've ever seen. It's like, it feels good to live in it or in my character's case to be, yeah, to be murdered in it. But I yeah, think it it's, uh, <laughs> but I think, yeah, it's a very comforting show about very yeah. uncomforting things. Next up is Jack Whitehall and Paul Walter Hauser. I find it very interesting. The two describe your characters very differently. Paul, you said that you feel like he wants to be a hero and Jack very, I I feel like this is very Jack Whitehall. You said that your character, Sebastian, is like a shit, a piece yeah, of shit. Yeah. So can you two talk about your characters and why you describe them that way and what fans can expect to see in your episodes? I think uh, my character probably has suppressed his own uh, miscarriage of justice and how he's lived his life and uh, probably blames some people other than himself. And so in a miscarriage of justice for somebody he loves, he's quick to uh, respond and try to help out probably rather than save his own life. So uh, it's, you know, the kind of comic fodder of a lot of characters I play where there's, they're probably suffering from some grandiosity and he gets thrust into this wedding where um, (laughs) he makes a lot of assumptions and is really like eager. It's kind of that thing of people who go down the conspiracy rabbit hole on YouTube and uh and it's been very fun to like get those scripts when we're filming and get to look at them and realize that the stakes are being raised and the lunacy is uh is always a plenty i don't know if that was an answer but i did say words and they ended at one point (laughs) and then jack why do you call him like a shit and someone that you've like you've come across before in your path and yeah i think one borrows from lots of different people when you're trying to create a comic character yeah with sebastian he's very aloof sort of looks down his nose at everyone he can be quite disparaging uh withering put downs and uh just generally quite unpleasant so scrupulous yeah scrupulous i think i I probably was channeling a little bit of my dad uh in some of those scenes just generally putting everyone down (laughs) making everyone feel a little bit uncomfortable both of you did such a great job both episodes were so good but i want to ask both of you what are you most excited about for fans to see because paul for your episode it's black and white it's just so much fun Jack, you're so funny. And by the way, you cannot say that you're not attractive now. You're a very suave and sexy man in this show. So what are you excited for fans to see? I've been saying it for <laughs> see, the yeah, last year I've been on the guy. I've been saying that to him, but he won't take the compliment. very sexy. I'm not looking forward to seeing people seeing me get my kids off again. Like, I feel like I really need to do a job at some point where I keep my clothes on. And I thought this would be it, but I, yet again, seems to get naked in every single episode. You can see him in Equus at the Pasadena Playhouse this winter. My one-man Equus. <laughs> I think and maybe it sells. Sex sells. I know. I'm not even gonna make the joke. I thought <laughs> yeah. that's brilliant. <laughs> not doing it. But what are you both excited about for fans to see, especially with the two of you together? Because this is very different. I feel like for both of you, <laughs> I'm excited to to have people laugh 
It's uh, like I'm so excited for people to laugh at the brilliant comedy writing uh, from the staff of the after party. And uh, and I'm excited for people to kind of uh, find the character that they want to go down and the person they root for and then see if that switches by the end of it, because it's a very twisty, turny story. you know. And I think also just seeing the, um, the sort of level of ambition for this series as well. I mean, they took that central conceit from the first series and, and really kind of swung for the fence with uh, the genres that they kind of delve into i think like chris and phil are such students of cinema and uh were really keen to really like lean into the premise as much as they could in the second season and we've got 10 episodes to play with this time i'm really excited to see people enjoying all of these different genres that we get to play in. and here's chris miller phil lord and anthony king i have so many questions for you guys so i'm just gonna jump in <laughs> please first of all chris you created this show season one was fantastic Thank you. Season two, I feel like blew it out of the water and awesome. is just funnier and crazier and like bigger. How yeah. the hell do you come up with these ideas? Well, we ha- uh, from his brain. Yeah, I have a lot of help. It's a lot of ideas from Another a lot of brains. people. Yeah, it's many people's brains, thankfully. This thing is so complex. Making a compelling murder mystery that you can watch and week to week with your friends or your family try and like debate who you think did it. That's really fun. Trying to make something that's really funny and also emotional and engaging is its own challenge. Trying to make it a, a thing where each episode is in its own unique genre that feels yeah. totally different from the week before and the week after after and everything from the costumes to the lighting to the lenses to the style of storytelling is d- different all of that stuff is really complicated and really hard and thankfully we have great partners great writing staff great directors great actors who are able to like elevate the stuff and make it so much better than uh, than when it was in our brains. So, you know, Chris, I know that you write, Phil and Anthony, I know that you guys have written, obviously, on the show multiple times. For you guys, for all three of you, I guess, how do you guys determine, I guess, as you're arcing it out, who's going to be the killer? Do you guys argue over who who you think it should be this season? Or <laughs> you're not the how, first how person to wonder if we <laughs> spend all the work time arguing with each other. Yeah, no, we don't argue. It actually, we start start with who the killer is that's really the best way to make a murder mystery that doesn't feel arbitrary you like figure out a clever way for a murder to happen and how and why of it and then figure out how to cover it up and make it uh surprising and then build the characters around the murder so it must be that the experience of watching the show is like disagreeing with each other about who the killer killer so they're imagining that we're making having a similar argument we know the whole time that's right from the very beginning or like here's you a, do you guys we know the right whole time yeah. we don't get to enjoy any of that fun everyone knows the whole That's time right. but we did give like the scripts to the cast uh you know all 10 episodes and go like here you go and they read them going like i wonder if i'm the killer i wonder if i'm the killer ah oh, i'm not the killer except for one except for one, except for one. or maybe more or multiple earlier i was talking to jack and jack said he's like i thought this was gonna be the one project where i didn't have to get naked and, <laughs> and he's like and, and get paid and he's like but it wasn't and i started hysterically laughing when I saw that scene I had wanted to ask you guys you know was it because Jack's the comedic ba- I mean they all have comedic backgrounds but like for Jack in particular by comedic background like, are you talking about his butt his background that's his comedic background that's his comedic background we all have a comedic background <laughs> we also offered I will say we offered to have a stunt butt and he we said did. no I want to do it he sent that uh, stunt butt home that's right we really did because he's a dedicated to his craft that's right of making us all laugh that was what's really fun about the show is that 
that everybody was just game to do whatever and help mm-hmm. each other out. And even though all these people are like, can star in their own shows or movies and create their own shows and movies, the fact that they all came together for this ensemble and were so willing to do whatever it takes to make uh, the show as great as it could be and help each other out and be supportive was such like a warm thing. It was like a summer camp of really talented people. It did mean that I hadn't met Jack with clothes on <laughs> for several months. <laughs> His method. method only, I've only met him on set and he was only naked. <laughs> Like, let's, how about a robe, my friend? I wanted to know, out of the three of you, who do you think would be able to get out of, like, a murder mystery or an escape room the best? And then what episode or what are you most excited about for this season for fans to see? I'm still lost in the last <laughs> escape room I was in, <laughs> which was in this hotel. <laughs> Luckily oh for this junket. Chris would definitely get out of the escape room the fastest. I do no more escape rooms than these jokers. That is true. But <laughs> just to say any. <laughs> any escape room. <laughs> which is uh, because I'm super cool and not a nerd, just for the record. I think that makes you have a superpower. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, something. Like cool. that, we're all trapped in a in a, an escape room by the alien overlords. Then you'll come crawling back. <laughs> we had a bunch of hidden puzzles the first season that were like hidden into the background and and sets and stuff for people who were like really obsessive and wanted to find extra clues. There's a bunch hidden, and we have done twice as many. Uh, Do you think there's season. any that won't get solved? There's some that are pretty complicated, but th- some of the fans of the show Internet's are smart. are very intense and very smart. So I I have faith that they'll find them all. But there's there's some crazy ones out there, and I. I think just seeing this cast and and people be surprising like I don't think you've ever seen you know Ken Jong have like a serious side that's uh, really emotional uh, you get to see him as a goof on uh, hosting game shows and stuff but seeing him have uh, the kind of range that he has uh, you know seeing like Paul Walter Hauser be as different from his Blackbird character as you can possibly be like on and on this cast is really really remarkable and blow us out of the water and blow us away every day hope you guys enjoyed listening to the cast of the after party talk about what fans can expect for its upcoming season two as a reminder the 10 episode sophomore season from academy award winners chris miller and phil lord will make its global debut on wednesday july 12th with two episodes followed by one new episode weekly every wednesday through to september 6th on apple tv plus so make sure you head over there and check it out and don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you're updated on all of our latest podcasts and head over to our youtube channel hit subscribe so you're updated on all of our video content Thank <laughs> you.